Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the morning show. Good morning, Andy. Good morning. The uh, snow looks more appropriate in the open than yeah. the cleanly paved road, so <laughs> happy winter. Yeah, uh, maybe some snow, snow showers uh, possible tomorrow and then again on the weekend, but right now cold, eight degrees. Our overnight low was two at 5 a.m., but the temperature is going to be rising uh, later today. We'll get to 25, and then overnight tonight, it's going to rise up to 32 overnight. You know, yesterday around this time, it was 19 degrees, and it was so much, so much colder than it is today, in my opinion. There's not as much wind today, mm -hmm. so it is, uh, it's easier to stand outside by the bus stop if you had to. Yeah, but wind chill values uh, could be as low as six, six below zero. Hmm. I think a lot of people are tired this morning because they stayed up to watch the uh, national championship. Did you stay up and watch the game? I am tired, but <laughs> I went to bed at halftime. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. I just, I looked at the clock, it said 10. And, uh, you know, as a Michigan fan, <laughs> the game could have just might as well not have even been on. <laughs> it's kind of hard to watch that when the, your favorite team lost to get into that game. And then you're watching two SEC teams for the 14th straight year. So oh. I had no problem going to bed. Who won? Georgia beat oh. the Crimson Tide. Hmm. Uh, first time in 42 years. Were you hoping Georgia won or Alabama won? Honestly, I did not care. I know my uh, friend Brandon had a, had a monetary wager on the game. So I was rooting <laughs> for him. And uh, he lost. But I really did not care who won the game. I guess it's nice for Georgia. They hadn't won a title since before I was born in uh, 1980 in Alabama. Um, you know, it's kind of good to see them lose, right? I feel yes. sorry for them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the poor kids. Yeah. The poor uh, Alabama program. I hope, I hope they'll be okay. Kids won't get their bonuses. Yeah, they will. The, uh, I went to bed earlier, too, before the game was over, but I stayed through the uh, first four minutes of the fourth quarter when it was 13 to 12. Really? Yeah. Wow, what a Donnybrook. And then Georgia scores 20 points. The game would have ended earlier if it weren't for Katy Perry. Did you see the uh, Katy Perry halftime show? Again, no. <laughs> Again, no, I didn't. I'm sorry. How was it? It was too long, and yeah. it was pointless. And was she showing a little skin? A lot. She does tend to do that, yeah. yes. Yes, she so, does. Don't know what it has to do with the uh, national championship football game, but it was there, part of the game. Yeah, it is weird. And, uh, you know, when you hear the commentators, they, they automatically assume it's like 1995 and they're welcoming all these strangers into the into their living room, then they're going to explain the game of football to them. So the, the announcers kind of dumb down the game a little bit. I really don't think they need to do that anymore. Anyone who's watching the game uh, cares about the game. And if the game's on um, and they aren't a football fan, they don't care what you're saying. Mm -hmm. So uh, glad football season's over. It's, uh, it's time to focus on basketball season. Yeah, well, it's not quite over. We've got the uh, NFL. College football, that is, yes. College football's over. The game, I know, for many years it's been on Monday night. I think it's a horrible time to have the football game. I agree. Yeah. And it doesn't start till they say 8 o'clock, but it was, I'm sure it was well after 8.30. There was a lot of uh, pregame going on yeah. and a lot, of, uh, a lot of fanfare. Too much. Uh, last night, the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services issued new guidance that will shorten the quarantine time, uh, further confusing the public. I'll tell you who it confuses, <laughs> coaching staffs. <laughs> Go ahead, explain this one to me. Uh, so 
they say now that the uh, isolation period and quarantine recommendations go from 10 days to five. So this allows teachers, students, and staff who develop COVID symptoms or test positive to isolate at home for five days and if symptoms have improved, to return to school while wearing a well-fitted mask for days six through 10. So essentially it follows the CDC guidelines which yeah, have yeah. been floating around there and in different states. Excuse, yeah, we talked to Matthew Budd last week and he kind of hinted that this was coming and this, mm. um, these quarantine guidelines, I believe they first uh, surfaced in the UK, this, or they were adopted in the UK. Um, so it is interesting, but like you said, further um, confusion to the public, right? Yeah. Well, it'll be affecting a lot more people because the uh, health department releasing yesterday's numbers, 742 new cases since Friday's report. So we're seeing increases here mm -hmm. in Jackson County. Uh, in the hospitals, Michigan set a new record. We have over 5,000 people in the hospital <coughs> being treated for COVID in the state of Michigan right now. 49 at Henry Ford Allegiant South as of yesterday. And the United States set a hospitalization record. There are 142,000 people being treated for COVID in U.S. hospitals as of Sunday. That's crazy. Now, along with that, ICU numbers are slightly down uh, across the country, and um, but cases are just up. It's mm -hmm. everywhere. So when we first talked about this pandemic, we did kind of talk about how, well, our doctors told us it would it's eventually going to morph and the dominant strain is going to become something like the flu or the common cold that we deal with. Are we there yet? We're not there yet, but we no. have to be close. We have to be close. We're closer well, than we have been, I think. Yeah, well, deaths, deaths are down. Deaths are down, so, yes. um, you but, know. But people are still dying. That is true, that is true. But at the same time, um, I do think that we are closer to this morphing into the flu or common cold that we deal with every year um, just at this point you know uh, we are hearing from a lot of doctors that anyone who um, who is vaccinated who does get uh, Omicron you know the symptoms are very 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 light and that's mm -hmm. that's kind of what we've been hearing uh, across the board yeah and you can still be asymptomatic mm -hmm. and we know many people who have tested positive or are showing no symptoms yesterday yeah. our Lieutenant Governor Garland Gilchrist announced that uh, he's positive last week, uh, the governor's husband. Uh, because of the uh, surge in Omicron cases, the governor yesterday announcing, along with uh, Speaker Jason Wentworth, that the State of the State address uh, will be virtual this year. Mm -hmm. Normally it's a big party, uh, lobbyists wine and dine, and this year it's going to be uh, virtual again, as it was last year, and that has been set for um, the 26th. Uh, speaking of COVID, Michigan has received its first shipment of the new oral medications to treat COVID. Uh, Paxlovid and Malnupiravir. Mm -hmm. I can never pronounce uh, those drugs. And um, these will only be prescribed by uh, physicians, PAs, or RNs, and uh, limited availability, and there are eligibility requirements through the MDHHS. The Center for Family Health has a limited quantity, and Henry Ford Allegiance Health expects to uh, get some supply shortly. Mm -hmm. They are they, they are saying, Molly Kayser told us last week, they're going to be very strict yeah. in the um, prescribing of the 
um, medication and there are certain qualifications that are required to follow. Um, things like um, your age, your uh, state, the point you are in with the virus, mm -hmm. uh, and your overall health, your weight. Mm. Yeah, weight, yeah. weight's a big your, issue. Your BMI. Yeah. Body mass index. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that at uh, school in gym class? They'd, they'd take all the kids outside and put that little clip on their back of their arm to, to see how their body mass <laughs> index. You don't remember that? We didn't do that. Oh, we school. did that. Do you do that, Brandon? You guys go outside, they put a little, little clip on the back of your arm <laughs> to measure your uh, BMI? No? Okay, maybe, maybe the tech has advanced since yeah. I was a uh, youth. Kid shaming, hopefully, is still not occurring. Well, I don't know. They did it outside. So, hey, uh, I know yesterday you were locked in and saw that I went to Mickey LaFierre's house. I did. Nightlight yeah. Jr. Uh -huh. Well, um, you know, nightlights, I wanted to give a shout out to John and his staff because this is what the people don't see. Okay, it takes three months to put this stuff up. How about taking it down? Could you imagine being tasked with taking this stuff down? Well, I think we all deal with that. Well, we don't. <laughs> no. um, this is <laughs> Taking Christmas stuff. lights down. Yeah, but look at this. I got to tell you, have you ever been out uh, at MIS in the middle of winter? It's cold. It's freezing. It's freezing. So shout out to the uh, John Spank and his staff for another incredible year. And um, stay warm out there. What it's got like 16, at least 16 semi-trailers full of those. They just keep them in semi-trailers all year? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's a great spot for them. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's a lot of work. Um, <laughs> and I, I got to tell you, if he ever asked me to help, I would politely decline. <laughs> well, in the setup, I think they start right after the August race they do. ends. Yeah, they do. They do. So, so. practically uh, a year-round job. Uh, last yesterday, did you see this? The um, LA Clippers uh, sideline reporter Christina Pink uh. was uh, talking to uh, shooting guard Amir Coffey after the game, and the floor, the court was dripping with sweat. Really? Yeah, and she... Oh my gosh! Yeah. She went uh, vertical, horizontal. We, a, we actually have the clip. Let's run the clip. Yeah, she went into... Um, so, you know, we just went to practice, went to film, uh, buckled down on what we needed to do, and uh, came out and executed. Go dry off. <laughs> Clippers are winners 106 to 93. <laughs> She's okay. Yeah, you know, uh, some of the shoes that the sideline reporters wear are very unathletic. And uh, <laughs> I've never seen anyone slip forward like that. No. Have you? Normally you fall backwards. I've never seen anyone slip forward. And then, look at that. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. <sighs> well, good news. Um, but she did slip on the water on the floor. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, she's okay. I'm glad to hear she's okay. Uh, M Live is publishing. Uh, they went through the uh, Michigan Liquor Control Commission records. I saw that. Yeah. Um, guess which uh, establishment in Jackson County sells the most booze? Establishment or yes. store? For um, off drinking, off premise drinking. Super so liquor. Store. Super liquor. Super liquor. Mm -hmm. Number one, two point oh seven million highest sales for drinking on premises. So this would be a I restaurant know. or bar. 
Knights. Knights? No, Luceros. Really? Yeah, Luceros with uh, 78,000. This is the amount of money they spend with the liquor control. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, liquor sales per resident in Jackson County, uh, $144. We rank statewide in liquor sales 17th out of 83 Michigan counties. That's a, you know, I know Wayne County is number one, right? Which one? Wayne. Wayne? You know, I, I'm going to have to look. Hmm. Uh, number one uh, establishment for sale. Mug and bops. <laughs> Sorry. Just wanted to see if Nick was listening up there. God. I don't know. Costco. Oh, yeah, the Costco people. Yeah, in Brighton. Number two? Uh, Sam's Club. Costco. Number three? Costco. Costco. Number four? BJ's Wholesale Club. Costco. And five? Costco. Costco. <laughs> yes. I think we need a Costco. I think so. Now, as most, I have a Costco membership. You know this. I know that. But I don't buy anything from Costco. I just use it for their rental car discount. <laughs> it's a very great life hack, anyone. You know, you pay for the, if you have to rent a car a lot, you rent it through Costco. It'll save you a ton of money, I promise you. You know, and I know people that have um, joined Costco to get hearing aids, don't, don't do that. <laughs> Go to community hearing center. But they're never happy after they do that. What's that? They're never happy yeah. after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would. Uh, for hearing a big box. Speaking store. of uh, shopping, I'm looking for um, COVID tests. Brandon, you've gone all throughout every pharmacy in Jackson County for COVID tests. Uh, the government yesterday, President Biden said insurers are not going to be allowed to, to charge for uh, COVID tests. They're going to have to fully reimburse people when they buy a COVID test. Is that a fact? Yes, hmm. If you have insurance. And uh, where's this? Where are all these, where's the 500 million tests? Where are they? No, but as you know, I've had to buy a ton of these things. Mm -hmm. every, every one I buy, it's a different brand. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. um, the latest one we've had, the result is sent to your phone. Have you seen these? No. <laughs> okay, I have uh, a few versions of that one. Um, I don't like it. I don't like that test. But yeah, you know who holds the keys? To every to all the tests, who the uh, pharmacy store workers they are they do they, they do mm -hmm. and in some cases it's up to them how many they're going to give you not up to the store up to anyone it's just up to their mood mm -hmm. now if hoarding love that they scale those back but at the same time I come in and I need a couple tests for my family and I can only get one that is a pain but so that's just kind of what we're dealing with out there but. Well, the key is to relationship with the clerk, uh, like Carol at CVS. Carol does a great job. Well, listen, I have uh, that uh, takes care of as well. So thank you very much. Uh, well, uh, Brandon actually was um, very uh, thoughtful yesterday when he, or on Sunday when he bought the test. There were three left. He really wanted to buy two, but he only bought one That's because good. he didn't want to be the, that guy. That's nice. So Thank that you. That was nice, Brandon. Thank you. And the guy came in behind you and bought the rest. <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> uh, let's get to some sports. It's our Extreme Dodge scoreboard brought to you by our friends at Extreme Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. 
January 10th, 2022. Isn't that ridiculous? Springport took care of Hanover Horton by 20. Ryan Locke finished with 28 points, 10 steals, and 8 rebounds for Springport. What a game for her. Over in uh, boys bowling is East Jackson 9, Addison 1. It was Lincoln 30, Jackson 0. Quincy beat Cook Lake 18 to 12. Cameron Lackey rolled a 256 game. In girls bowling, Addison, they beat East Jackson. Desiree Poole rolled a 328 series to lead the Trojans. Lincoln, again, 30-0 over Jackson. Vandercook Lake had a nice win. They took care of Quincy. Brianna Langley finished with a 196 game for the Jayhawks. We're gonna have to get a little bowling going in the JTV group, see how we compare to some of these high school athletes. I don't think we would fare that well. On deck for tonight, some great games. The big one, which unfortunately, uh, or no, we will be at Northwest at Lumen Christie, and that game is live. Uh, the big game, another big game tonight, Napoleon at Vandercook Lake. Now, we can't do wow. that game live because both of those schools don't bow to the MHSAA Pixelot rules, so we can't do that game live. So we're, we'll be catching Napoleon uh, on the road on Thursday. We're gonna catch Vandercook Lake on the road a couple times as the season unfolds. So uh, catch Pat O'Dowd and Joe Brandeberry live from Lumen Christie High School tonight around 6.45 p.m. for Recruit Specialized Staffing. Did a game? I think they did a Northwest game last year. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. they did. Yeah. So, and uh, Joe, Joe's been a, a coach and referee, uh, volunteering his time throughout. I think he's coaching middle school ball at, at Jackson Christian right now. So, um, yeah. So it should be fun. And he's raft, so but he won't be too hard. Which mm -hmm. I always like. It's good because there's a huge ref shortage right now. We need referees so much. Yeah. I was talking to uh, Jeff Steers in our sports department. They canceled an entire eight-team wrestling uh, match over the weekend because there were no officials. No officials. So we really got we to get that figured out. Mm -hmm. um, it's tough. It's a tough job. No one wants, not, not that many people want to do it, but it's a great way to earn some extra income and stay around the game. Mm -hmm. Today's show being brought to you by... Jackson's Playhouse, uh, today would be a great day to take the kids to uh, Jackson's Playhouse. Now offering yearly memberships for $120, and that's a great deal. It's insane. Uh, so visit Jackson's Fun and Imaginative Play. They're uh, located in the Summit Oaks Mall at Ferguson Corners. Jackson's Playhouse bringing you today's show on JTV. Who is on today's show? Today we have a great day. We're going to get things started with Brian Filson, CEO at Highfields, right after this. Thank you for listening to this JTV podcast. If your company or organization would like to advertise on a future podcast episode, please contact Molly McClure at viewermail at jtv.tv. JTV, news that brings Jackson together. Welcome back. Our job of the day today comes from the Michigan Department of Corrections. Get dedicated, reach success. Corrections is hiring with immediate openings available. The MDOC offers paid training, virtual training options, great pay benefits, and a signing bonus. Corrections officers start $18.56 an hour. 
registered nurse signing bonus, 5K, mental health professionals and food service workers as well. Visit, M visit governmentjobs.com slash Michigan slash M-D-O-C. Our first guest on today's show is the CEO at Highfields, Brian Filson. Morning, Brian. Yeah, good morning. Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. It's good, good to be here. Good to see you. You guys, uh, you guys have a, a pretty good 21? We did. You know, uh, all things considered, I think we weathered and survived the pandemic. Uh, I'm, I'm anxious to move on and put it behind us yeah. like everyone else. <laughs> I think but, so. uh, but yeah. Uh, you kept your mission the same, but you uh, modified your, uh, your methods. Yeah, you know, it, it, and you were one of the first to kind of hear it, you know, almost crazy, almost two years ago when, it, when I rolled out same mission, different strategies, and that's really what we have really tried to do. And, and, and every week it's just something a little bit different, you know, just kind of rolling with what comes your way. But I think being flexible and adaptable really is what is the, you know, the call of the land right now. Yeah, so much of what you do is in person, so there was really, you know, <laughs> massive modification of, of methods. Yeah, you know, it's it's been our trademark to do family and child intervention and counseling in person in the home, mm -hmm. and that kind of smacks against everything we know about COVID and the pandemic, and uh, so it's, it's really been a true challenge, but... Uh, our, our goal, my goal for 2022 is to create a, a safe, healthy, and resilient workforce so we can continue to serve children and families. Now your, 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 your mission, helping families, helping children. What, talk about some of the programs and, and what you guys are doing um, to help some of these families. Yeah, you know, we have, we have three primary buckets. You know, our residential is our oldest program, what most people know us. Our biggest is our community services program and then all of our programs in the educational arena. And so we've, we've continued over the last, you know, 18 to two years to roll those out and continue to serve those. Interestingly, we've been able to start a new program at East Jackson. Uh, they, they reached out, they were very interested and we are very excited. We finally got that up and running now. And so uh, very excited about that. In addition, all of our other school-based programs continue to operate. Some, you know, most are in person now. We've had a couple, you know, just depending on what happens, they'll obviously have to go virtual for a week or two, but yeah. And yeah. residential continues to serve uh, a very needy population. We serve youth from all over the state of Michigan. Is that a cool success story on your website, which kind of speaks to uh, what you guys do? A young, uh, young uh, child, really, by the name of Noah, and he was a fighter, right? That's what he did. He, right. he, wanted, to, he wanted to fight. That was the way he responded to everything. Um, and he said, without high fields, that probably down the road, not right now, but maybe in later life, he would have ended up in prison. And he's learned to kind of reverse everything and, and control um, control that. Yeah, you know, I, I live to hear a client say, without high fields, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. Mm -hmm. And we have so many of those stories. That's We feel really, really good about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah a lot of challenges in uh, service this past year, but you also were able to uh, have some areas of growth and you made some capital improvements as well. Yeah, you know, uh, particularly here in Jackson, I want to just say thanks and give a big shout out to the John George Foundation. They gave us some money. We were able to 
redo the parking lot at our Jackson office, and we just were able to get a new roof on that. So really have stabilized that building and continue to allow it to, to be the home base mm -hmm. for so many of our staff and clients. A lot of what you do depends on uh, generosity in the community, and so many uh, nonprofits struggled in the past year having to deliver more in the way of services with with less money. How about for for Highfields? How was uh, how was giving for for you? Yeah, and I am uh, I'm just you know overjoyed and humbled by the generosity in 2021 of our donors. Uh, we had our best strengthening families breakfast ever. And uh, you know, I know you've been there, you've heard those stories. And you know, we were able to raise you know, over $200,000 wow. that, that morning. Uh, our annual appeal, which is uh, you know, a direct mail and people give via you know, mail and online. And we exceeded our goal you know, this, this fall. And uh, Giving Tuesday was a smash, smashing success. So. We've uh, kind of hit it out of the ballpark. We're just very excited about that. And uh, our donors have been very un, uh, supportive and amazing. Well, hopefully we'll have that breakfast in person uh, this year and you'll want to go. I know, I know. The food's great. I know. Yeah, October 6th, <laughs> put it in your calendar. 7.30 a.m. There you go. Yep. All right. Kellogg Center. I'll be there. Brian Filson, CEO of Highfields with us on The Morning Show. More with Brian after this. Thank you for listening to this JTV podcast. If your company or organization would like to advertise on a future podcast episode, please contact Molly McClure at viewermail at jtv.tv. JTV, news that brings Jackson together. Brian Filson, CEO of Highfields, is with us today on The Morning Show. Uh, 5,000 people uh, were reached uh, through Highfields last year, and you brought some pictures of some of what you've done. Yeah, uh, 2022 is our 60th anniversary. So here is a picture of uh, Judge Robert Drake, who is passed, but uh, Bob was kind of the visionary, and he mobilized a number of people in mid-Michigan. And here's an early picture in our residential program and some of uh, the students and staff. And uh, Bob's memory lives on. I've, I've had numerous conversations with uh, donors over the last two months who, you know, who just, you know, talk about Bob's legacy and uh, the work that, mm -hmm. that he began and now continues at Ifields. You know, this is the dedication of our, our Gene Schultz administration building. And uh, uh, Robert Schultz there is in the middle. And, uh, you know, those are our grandkids and his, his wife is whom the building is named after, Gene Schultz. On the right is Carl Latona, who is our uh, president and CEO for 25 years. We, mm -hmm. we call him the godfather, and uh, <laughs> he is, uh, he's a great man. I just, just saw him a couple weeks ago, and uh, he inspires all of us. This is one of our after school reaching higher programs. You know, uh, some of the students that we work with in uh, you know, an elementary program here in mid-Michigan. And, uh, you know, we have eight of these. Actually, with East Jackson, we have nine of these now. You know, five in Jackson County, four in Ingham County, and before and after school programs where we help uh, enrich students and, uh, you know, make their academic success, their behavior success uh, so much better.
Great smiles. Mm -hmm. yeah. So this year, 2022, uh, big year, 60th anniversary. What, uh, what's 2022? Well, we're going to you know, do everything we can to celebrate. Uh, we're going to be doing a lot of touches with uh, different clubs, groups. Actually, this afternoon, I'm speaking to an East Lansing Rotary Club, and uh, you know, just going to continue to do that. You know, same mission, different strategies. Culminate in October with our, our breakfast. Uh, November is actually the 60th anniversary date, but uh, everything we're doing this year is to that point. You guys also offer a uh, virtual Faces of Tour, which is one, once a month. Talk a little bit about that, Brian. Yeah, we have one uh, this Thursday at 9 a.m. It's virtual, so go to our website. Uh, you can register, you'll get a, a Zoom link, and it's really a meet and greet where uh, we have a host uh, who's either a board, board member or a donor, and they, they introduce me and they welcome everyone, and then I speak a little bit. I, I show a video actually featuring Noah that you cool. spoke about, and, uh, and then we do a little bit of Q&A, just a way for people to learn more about the work we do and see how they could get involved and maybe support us. So as of now, the breakfast in October is on. What about uh, your big annual golf outing? Oh, yeah, yeah, 146 from today, <laughs> June 6th, you know, think spring right now. That's right. And uh, we're excited. That's going to be a forest day fest again. And uh, again, you know, last year was our best ever, and we continue uh, to just be very fortunate. So I think everyone's dealing with uh, staffing issues. How about Highfields? Yeah, you know, uh, actually, your slide, you know, feature position of the day. I was looking at that, the mm -hmm. sign on, but I'm like, that's what we're competing against. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the crazy thing is uh, the need is greater today than before, yet the workers and the environment, uh, I know 60 Minutes did a whole thing this Sunday about it, and it, I, I, I really do not know what the answer is. Mm -hmm. We are in a bidding war for essential staff to do essential work. And uh, I just saw a stat yesterday, more children are stuck waiting in emergency rooms today for services because the need is so great. It's, it's workers, it's lack of treatment options, and uh, we're, we're at crisis mode right now. Yeah, it's amazing kind of how we got to this point and, and we're here. Well, we can't let you go without uh, some words of wisdom because uh, we always look forward to your words of wisdom. Some family advice from well, uh, Mr. Filson. So we're, we're most excited that uh, we're, we're within probably a week of a new grandchild in our house. That, uh, the I would just say take time. Take time to be a family. Put the phones away. Put the screens away. Enjoy each other. Uh, and do not ever let petty differences. Because don't let politics, don't let, uh, you know, discussion on, on whether to be vaccinated or not. Because family and being together is more important than any, any divisive time that we would allow come into our lives. So. I could that advice. That's very good <laughs> advice. I agree. Thanks for coming in today. Thanks, Brian. Brian Filson, CEO of Highfields on The Morning Show. Stay tuned. We're going to meet uh, two of the founders of a brand new company right here in Jackson, helping uh, businesses large and small. Stay tuned. Thank you for listening to this JTV podcast. If your company or organization would like to advertise on a future podcast episode, 
please contact Molly McClure at viewermail at jtv.tv. JTV, news that brings Jackson together. Welcome back to The Morning Show. Our next guest have started a new company, Bear X. We have CEO and COO, Andrew Geisel. Good morning, guys. Morning. So morning. tell us, what is Bear X, Tom? Bear X. Uh, so it's been around in some shape for about eight years. Okay. Right, so it was a, a segment at uh, the CPA firm, firm previously. Um, and focused on was, uh, you know, I, I did a CFO for hire, mm -hmm. you know, controller, outsource controller work, and I was always struggling to relay information to, to the owners, to the management, to supervisors, and it was spreadsheets. It was a lot of manual work, reports, rows and columns. Um, so we found that, hey, let's, uh, let's find a dashboard, a data visualization solution that can actually give some uh, better insights to, to, to our, our owners, our, our management teams. And uh, so I searched wide and far, and it just so happened we, we used a third party you know, at the time, and uh, Andrew was on the leadership team mm -hmm. that, um, that uh, actually sold me that software. So that's mm -hmm. when I first met Andrew about eight years ago. And um, so what we've done is we pulled uh, uh, that segment out, and we're now BearX. So we're about 10 strong at this, at this point. Awesome. Um, uh, we have uh, a handful of international contractors and then throughout the United States, completely virtual, remote. And um, so what we've done is we've formalized our process. That's, that's, that's our bread and butter, our okay. process, right? And um, we've, we've taken this since infancy, even though it's eight years old, um, this data visualization and done a lot more with it. I've seen uh, this entrepreneurial operating system, and it's actually, I think we had uh, the founder of that in Jackson a few weeks ago that's right. speaking. Yes. It seems like that is, is for for a, a, a company that is uh, entrepreneurial focused, something that's now becoming necessary to be competitive. Yes, absolutely. So what we find internally is that when people utilize more data, find more data, we pull it all together, we put it on the system that they can use. Sometimes they don't understand what to do with that. So the EOS framework, one of the pieces of it is all about data and how do you simplify and in order to get more traction within the business. And so natural fit, what well, we're able to now as, a, as an EOS center, we're able to offer and expand our, our solution um, clients to give them more insights on how to use it. So that's one piece, but the other piece is even internally, we're, we're working on EOS internally. And so starting from scratch with that framework has given us a, a huge um, advantage clients better too. Tom, is there a, uh, a specific business sector, um, large, small? You're familiar with our with uh, JTV as is a business of our uh, a candidate for Barrex data. I think it's 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 an excellent candidate for for, for what we do. Um, so what, what our process, right? That's what we've talked about. Is 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 basically identifying the the, the data sources you have. So when you think about a data source, you kind of got to turn it on its head. So like when you take a note on a piece of paper, that's actually a, a data source. Mm -hmm. uh, it's an underutilized one, that's probably. Most of our data. <laughs> Sticky notes, a lot of, you have 100 data sources on your desk, yeah. right? Um, a spreadsheet, um, your, your payroll software, if you have HR, your ERP, whatever it be, that's a, a data source. Um, and so what we do is first we identify those, and then we say, um, are you using the data from it? And then can we combine all of that together, right? 
And then once we do that, we look at your pain points, what you guys look at frequently, and we basically try to um, give you a path to declutter and, and utilize those different data sources. So some of what you're seeing here, this would be considered a dashboard, right? This is a, 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 an example of a client's this is a manufacturer. Mm -hmm. They track a handful of metrics on a daily basis. They were typing it into a spreadsheet previously, and they weren't really doing anything with it. They were, they, were, they were verbally telling their employees what they were doing in terms of, hey, you're hitting your rates, you're hitting your percentages, but they weren't giving them insights into it. So they now run their meeting off of this dashboard. It's their morning meeting. They also don't enter it into a spreadsheet. They enter it into our, what we call our insights hub. Mm -hmm. So we got rid of the spreadsheet, and we have a data entry screen where they enter it into, and they now get uh, their insights that way. They have seen an increase in efficiency because the, the employees now realize, oh, I'm, I'm actually being tracked, and this is right. a real thing, and like, I, I don't want to be the worst. So, so we, we've, uh, we've seen an absolute uptick in you know, the, the old return on investment. Yeah. I don't love that term, but yeah. they've absolutely seen that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Andrew, are there a lot of... Uh uh, business owners and uh, business operators that really don't understand the data that they do have and are looking at? Yeah, absolutely. So coming from the software side, right, I spent years on the side of just utilizing the software and, and um, supporting clients with that. What we found is that if you do that internally, there's a app, right? I know I have a lot of data and now I have this tool that helps me see the data. But I don't understand that the pieces that are missing or what to look at or what uh, a different mm -hmm. and we're in the experience that we have, we have um, three owners within it, um, Tom, myself, and then Steve, who's up in Traverse City, over drive to come yeah. down here. But um, and so when we go through and we, we do that process, we find these data sources, whether it's spreadsheet or it's the um, a notepad mm -hmm. or whatever it is. And then when we design out what that actual dashboard is gonna look like, we do a process that's called storyboarding. Mm -hmm. So we'll actually write it on a whiteboard and go through, like, let's look at this metric, let's look at this metric. This is what we found from other clients, this is what we find from even other industries of how you can utilize this data in order to look at. I can see a CFO or CEO saying, well, I've got so much information, I've got so many apps, I've got, you know, Slack, high-rise, it's all coming into me. Mm. I don't need one more thing to have to juggle. How, do, you, do you eliminate all of those things, all pieces? Uh, we, we really try to keep them. So okay. keep, keep your processes. We can tap into it and pull into it. So throw your data into your data sources, your databases, but you go to your insights hub to get your insights, to get your analytics, your key metrics. To, we run meetings off of it. So, so no, keep all of that, but you don't report out of it. You don't get rows and columns and what they call dashboards with just like a pie chart. It's you, we customize it for what you need. So it's, it's, you're changing, you're kind of flipping on the head of, of what you're mm -hmm. doing. It seems like some of the information, like the case of that manufacturer that we just saw that dashboard, the guy knows how much steel he has, he knows how much uh, material he can make with that steel and how much money he'll make. Doesn't he already have that information? Certainly does, and, and the only problem is it's all manual. Right. So it currently takes an $80,000 employee a week to do it. Is, right. is that worth their time, their cost? Mm -hmm. And so 
uh, looking at our projects and what a, a data analyst costs plus the, the dashboard software and your programmers you'd have, we're 10 to 20% of the cost of a full-time you know, team that would implement this uh, at a company your size or even bigger. So we're, we're a substantial savings because we have the economies of scale and pre-built solution. It's completely customized to you and that's the difference. If you go to a Salesforce, you have to sometimes buy a company to come customize your Salesforce because it's so big. Mm -hmm. We give it to you custom, take out all that fluff, just what you need. So that's, that's the difference. It's easier to use, easier to access on your phone, tablets, mm -hmm. what have you. So it's, uh, it changes the, 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 the process and uh, it just makes it so much simpler for, for, for someone to make decisions as opposed to do the manual work. Yeah. What types of, uh, I guess, industries besides manufacturing? Yeah, so uh, we have about a, a couple dozen clients within the manufacturing or professional services space right now. Uh, but data is agnostic. Everybody has deals with data. So uh, we really can kind of uh, jump into a lot of different industries uh, to support. But we've really kind of found that manufacturing is a really good place for us okay. just based on the amount of coming in. You look at Industry 4.0 and what a good movement. But what's happening is all these new technologies are creating more data. And it's almost siloing the data. So that ability to use that instead of a, a, a manufacturer, you know, a CEO of a manufacturer will say, well, this all is, is good, but now this is need to look at, right? Understand. And so we're trying to take that new process, simplify it for people. Put it all in one place so you're able to see that information. And the, the insights are very clean. Um, a lot of people hide from spreadsheets, so I assume a lot of your um, leadership at some of the companies that uh, that you're working with have really enjoyed the kind of the clean look, ease of use. It's saving them a lot of time, I assume, as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the one example we, we tell frequently, there was a, a quality manager keeping a, a reject. Rejects in a manufacturer are really important, right, because you don't want them. And you have to um, do a process to, to, to check what happened. Mm -hmm. Well, rust was spelled seven different ways, with two Ts, missing a U, no R, a space before and after. When you try to do a Pareto chart to see like what's my worst offenders, we couldn't figure it out because it was like we had, you know, we had like 50 rusts actual, but when you look at a chart, there was all different columns. So it, like, it, it was hard to get that data when you, when you looked for rust. So what we did is we forced, you have to do a drop down and build the proper. <laughs> Seems simple, but we, they right. didn't realize where the rejects were coming from because the data was really siloed right. with the quality manager. And when you're putting out every day, you don't think about. I would have never found that. Yeah. Uh, looking at your website, and uh, I saw you guys were uh, sl sliding in the snow. Uh, you <laughs> had a retreat in the Michigan. Always adventure, right? We, yeah. we did. We so we uh, we we did a four-day retreat up north. We said, look, we're going to do this right. Uh, with, with being an EOS implementer, um, we needed to give Andrew time to, to put it in with our company. And so we implemented EOS and we put all of our processes and, and designed our website, did everything kind of, you know, beginning of December. So we were cooped up in this Airbnb for four straight days. And like on the third day, we're like, we got to get out of here. So <laughs> it was one of the Airbnbs where the owner's home was a couple hundred yards away. And they were like, hey, feel free to use our backyard, just some big hills. So we're... Like, I don't remember the last time I went sledding, so we had enough gear and, 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 and we went down. So I don't know how I have so much snow on me, but uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah I'm so surprised that's, you have any snow. On <laughs> <you>. <laughs> it's like they got a lot of snow up north. We so we got to Claire on the way up, and it was a blizzard out, 
took like four hours from Claire to get oh, there. No. Coming back down, yeah. it was a blizzard mm -hmm. whiteout coming to Jackson at Claire. So like we couldn't win either way. So we were like, look, this company's either gonna make it or not. And if it does, <laughs> it's gonna be legendary because we went through two whiteouts to, to make it happen. Yeah, Claire, clogged way to the north. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the company named Barrax, what is that? How'd you get the name? Pretty standard. So it came from children's stories of my wife. Okay. So uh, I read my daughter books every night. We have a children's library, right? Mm -hmm. And she only would let me read two. And so after memorizing every word, even the disclaimer in the back <laughs> and the publishing info, uh. I said, look, I, I can't do this anymore. I said, can I tell you a story? And she emphatically said yes. Uh, that's when I realized I didn't have stories. Was I, I in the story? No, <laughs> <laughs> so, could have been because I didn't know. So I made up a story about two puppies, uh, one named Bear and one named Rex. Mm. And uh, they'd go on adventures and, and say princesses and unicorns. And um, so every night, that's what I tell her. I could tell you more, but I potentially, I think I could jeopardize my book deals that I may have that, coming. So yeah. I couldn't <laughs> tell you any, any more. So as we were looking at names, my wife said, why don't you use Barracks? And it was a joke thinking, well, I'll just kind of name it after my daughter. Mm -hmm. And all of our market testing kept coming back with Barracks. So every other name we thought we had really good mm -hmm. ones. No, mm -hmm. no, no, no. It kept, so we're like, well, are we gonna do this? We're like, why not? And yeah. the designer knocked out the logo that's we cool. thought. So uh, that's where it came mm -hmm. from. Awesome. Yeah. And it looks good on your shirt. Yeah, it looks great. And, Appreciate yeah, it. On the hats. And, yeah. yeah, and also, uh, should these hats were uh, made locally, and I like that there's no, uh, what do you call that? No ball on no top. No ball on the top. Yeah. So if you have ball. headphones or earmuffs or uh, firearms, um, yes. you don't have that discomfort. Absolutely. Nice. Yeah. Velcro, right? No. There's Velcro. Is it Velcro? Velcro. Oh, yeah. There's Velcro. Yeah, these are high end. Yeah. Thank you. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. If someone wants to talk to you guys, Go to your website? Website's the easiest. Um, there's, there's, a, there's plenty of buttons and, and yeah. calls to action on there to, to, to contact mm -hmm. us. Um, so yeah, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, even if, if you're like, I don't really know where to start, or if you're doing a current initiative, a lot of people try to do Power BI themselves. And about half our clients come from failed Power BI implementation, mm -hmm. self-implementation. So just feel free to contact us and we'll, we'll help you through the process, no charge. And just, you know, because we want to see success. And so there may yeah. be something for us in the future, may not. But um, it's, it's, there's a movement um, in, 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 in using your data. Stop just collecting, do yeah. something with it. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you guys uh, for coming in and congratulations on the new business. Thank you. Appreciate thank it. You. Tom Jurasek and Andrew Geisel from Bear X. We'll be right back after this break. Thank you for listening to this JTV podcast. If your company or organization would like to advertise on a future podcast episode, please contact Molly McClure at viewermail at jtv.tv. JTV, news that brings Jackson together. Welcome back to the morning show on JTV. I love sports. Love them. And I love when things like this happen. This is something I haven't seen before in a basketball game. Take a look at this nonsense. Okay, we've got a, do, I, do we have my audio or no, guys? So, so this gentleman in the plaid shirt, he's a state rep from uh, Tennessee. And look at this, he's not happy. <laughs> You're gone, whoa, oh we tried to gosh. dance the ref. Run that back, coach. He tried. He tried pant? to pull his pants off? Yeah, and he said, look at this. He tried to pull the guy's pants down. Look at it. Oh, wow. Whoop! 
<laughs> You're lucky he had him tied. He said uh, he was trying to trying to start a fight. He wanted he wanted that a would fight. Do um, you said he's a state rep, huh? In what country? What state? Uh, Tennessee. Tennessee. <laughs> oh, big surprise. <laughs> ah, there's always a camera on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, supermarket in Great Britain. They're doing away with the expiration dates on milk. Mm. And they're advising customers to do the sniff test. Ugh. Just smell the milk to see if it's still good. And it'll save waste. You know, I'm a big expiration date person. Yes. And that's because I grew up drinking spoiled milk. No, you didn't. Not at our house, but maybe somewhere, <laughs> maybe somewhere else. Um, the milk was always spoiled. No, not at our house. It was never, because it was gone the second it arrived. Um, it never there was spoiled. never spoiled milk at no. our house. But... Somewhere I used to go once in a while, it was spoiled. So mm-hmm. I've always, uh, I'll never, I'll never mess yeah, with that. Yeah, it was the, uh, that supermarket. But anyway, I can't, are they going to open, they want people to open the milk in the store and I know it? people who leave, leave the milk cap off the whole time, which I think is altogether weird. Tomorrow morning, Jonathan Green and Justin and Roberta Dallenberg from Grand River Brewery, Dallenbergers and Veritas and Manchester Market. Later Come. today, we have... Uh, we have right. Andrew Sargent, fresh off his visit to Chip and Joanna's. Jacob <laughs> Gates, Elaine Crosby for the great 50-50 raffle. Meet the staff with producer-engineer T. Gerwick and Tom Rooney from 308 Brass Rail. That's all for today. We'll see you later on.